Hey everybody, long time no chat. I'm your host, Matt Hardman, and this is the Race Nerd Podcast. We got a lot to talk about today. I'm gonna skip the uh, pop quiz nose for this week, uh, only because I've been MIA for the last two weeks. Uh, MIA with work. Uh, something about <laughs> when you're working about 60 to 65 hours a week. Uh, it, it builds up pretty quick, and you have less and less time for anything else, you know? Work and kids and all, it, it, it adds up. So, I apologize for not having anything out since the beginning of the month. Um, we got, a, like I said, we got a lot to cover. I'm um, going to very quickly go over uh, the results of the past three weeks. Uh, starting with Road America. Where in the Xfinity race, we would see Kyle Busch pick up his 101st win. And then in the cup race, the next day, Chase Elliott wins another first-time event as he picks up the very first uh, win for the cup series in Road America on 4th of July since 1954 when the late great Hall of Famer Tim Flock had done it. Uh, Then we move on to Atlanta which was the subject of a lot of speculation, a lot of talk as this would be the last uh, race at Atlanta under the current track format. Uh, Atlanta is set to be repaved and reconfigured. Uh, and, and it's kind of caused a lot of controversy with the drivers as none of them were really asked about it before SMI uh, came to the decision of the repave and the reconfiguration. Um, Personally, I was hoping the reconfiguration would bring it back to its original oval instead of the tri-oval. Um, but this is this is a little... It's, it's a, I guess, a step in progress uh, compared to what it is. Anyway, that weekend we would see the Xfinity race won by Ho-Hum, Kyle Busch, with his 100 in second and final... Xfinity Series win as pretty much Kyle is now retiring after uh, finishing off his duties in the 54 car this season. He will be retiring from the Xfinity Series and um, with 102 wins in 255 top 10s in his career. Uh, which is pretty impressive. A career that spans back to 2003, if I remember right, if I did my math, uh, with his first start being for Joe Nemechek's Nemco Motorsports in a uh, Hendrick-prepared Chevrolet. Uh, So that goes way back. That's back when Nemco was still able to win races. you know, Joe Nemechek, uh, what they, John Hunter Nemechek was in preschool at that point, if you want to think about it, and now he's leading the truck series 
uh, for Kyle Busch Motorsports. So it all comes full circle in some ways. Uh, anyway, um, so Kyle wins the Xfinity Series race. And Big Brother Kurt wins the Cup Series race, locking himself into the playoffs. Then we move on to New Hampshire, which would see Christopher Bell, who making his first start in the Xfinity Series this year, um, wins in that 54 car. That, that team can't be stopped. Uh, wins the <clears throat> Xfinity race. And then a very controversial race in the Cup Series. Um, a quick shower in the beginning takes out um, contenders Kurt Busch, uh, Kyle Busch, uh, excuse me, and um, Martin Truex Jr. takes them out of the running for the win. Um, a race ending in darkness after an hour plus rain shower, uh, after an hour plus red flag for rain um, ends the race under darkness as New Hampshire does not have lights and would see. Eric Amarola, who came into the race 27th in points, picking up his third career win, his first of the season, and being the first Stuart Haas driver to hit victory lane. If you had Eric Amarola uh, to, uh, to win the first race for Stuart Haas and you bet the farm on it, you probably won half the state of Kansas right there because I don't think anybody else would have had Eric Amarola picking up the first win of the season for SHR. Uh, certainly not me. <laughs> um, so this is a good boost shot in the arm. Um, so that's all of NASCAR. IndyCar, we, we had um, Mid-Ohio, we had Joseph Newgarden, who the two previous races at, uh, at Belle Isle and I forget the other one, um, in the mobile studio, as always. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, who had failed to close the deal in the previous last two races, was able to finally get Team Penske's first win of the season in IndyCar. Uh, so that was that was pretty big. Uh, nice for a hometown guy. Uh, their next race is after the Olympic break, much like NASCAR. Um, they're going to take a couple weeks off for the Olympics, and um, their next race will be the Music City Grand Prix in the streets of Nashville, the hometown, basically, of Joseph Newgarden. So that's going to be a pretty big deal. Um, I know Nashville's very excited, but Nashville also would hold the penultimate race for the SRX series. But before that, we would have um, IRP, or ORP as it's now called, O'Reilly Raceway Park, uh, in the shadows of Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which would see Ernie Francis Jr., pick up the win there. Um, for those of you who remember, I said if there's ever going to be a big star coming out of this SRX series and, a, and somebody make themselves a household name 
out of those drivers. We had Doug Colby, who, who was the local legend with um, Stafford Motor Speedway, but Ernie Francis Jr. picking up that win, um, really cementing himself as a, a top driver in American motorsports right now with how he was able to transition to these SRX cars and compete against basically some of the best drivers in the world. Um, then we move on to Slinger Speedway, the the, uh, the, the super small, super fast track up there in the Midwest. I believe it's in Wisconsin. I don't remember where off the top of my head, to be honest. Um, but that one would see part of a racing dynasty. Marco Andretti, who had two career wins in the IndyCar series, the son of Michael and grandson of probably one of the greatest racers to ever live, Mario Andretti, uh, would pick up the win there after a spirited battle with uh, Ernie Francis Jr. and Scott Speed. Um, Marco's I, I will say he was very impressive in the SRX series. Um, how he adapted to those cars coming from the world of IndyCar. I, I was very impressed. And I know I normally don't say a lot of good things about Marco Andretti. But I, I will say he, he certainly was a very impressive driver. And he seems a lot more versatile than a lot of people give him credit for. So props to Marco. Um, then we move on from the penultimate race at Slinger to the one everybody's been waiting for, Nashville Fairground Speedway with the season finale of the SRX series. And oh yeah, there's, this, there's an extra little wrinkle in this race as we would see in the car for the ringers, none other than 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott hopping in that ride that would be renumbered for him, the number 94 carrying the number that his father ran in the Cup Series for so long and that his late cousin Casey ran uh, moving up NASCAR's ranks before passing away with leukemia. So, um, this one Oh, this one came down to a battle between father and son as both Bill and Chase would both take the lead there. Uh, Chase, who uh, last competed in a ARCA race there, um, along with the All-American 400, and um, Bill, who would last compete at Nashville Fairgrounds before a lot of fans were born. Before even Chase was born in the 1983 Marty Robbins 420, which, even though they say that, it still doesn't sound right because I swore he competed in 1984 Coors 420, um, which was the last cup race held at uh, Nashville Fairgrounds. But Regardless, two of them battle. Tony Stewart finishes second between the Elliots. 
and locks up the first ever driver's championship in the SRX series, which should not be a surprise. Uh, so that, that was it was a it was a really cool moment, and it was a really cool moment to see everybody involved with the SRX series in the sellout crowd. Nashville Fairgrounds was sold the front door out. I almost dropped the F-bomb there because that's how excited I am about this. Nashville Fairgrounds sold out. Which shows that not only is there that much popularity in this track to warrant a NASCAR race in the future, that it is imperative that the fairgrounds and SMI somehow make this happen because... I heard nothing but positive things about this race. I heard nothing but positive things about the, the crowds and everything. And I thought, this needs to happen. This needs to happen to NASCAR. This needs to happen to the city of Nashville. You know, you could have the National Super Speedway as well. I, I This needs to happen. You want to bring fans back. You want to do it right. You want NASCAR to be back to where it was in, in its heyday as the most popular motorsport in America. This needs to happen. This needs to happen now. Okay? But, 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 but. Not only were the crowds packed, I, I did see something on Facebook last night. It was a post, and it was a post from Shanna Mayfield the wife of Jeremy Mayfield. Um, and, it, and this is a, it's a good story. Um, Jeremy and Shannon were actually uh, guests, uh, I guess, of the SRX series uh, to Nashville. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy and Shannon were very, very thankful and appreciative of the hospitality that they were uh, given. Um, and, uh, the SRX series and namely Ray Evernham. Now, I'm not going to get into everything that went down between Ray and Jeremy years ago. Uh, you can look it up online. I know that there was a lot of bad blood when when Jeremy was dismissed from Evernham Motorsports, uh, and, and, and some mud got slung, um, which kind of you know involves somebody's personal, involved Ray's personal life, and I don't think that was right, but at the same time, you know, some, some doors <coughs> may not be closed permanently, and I know that there had been talk and rumors that possibly, and, and I don't, I don't know, I can't speculate on next season, but could we see Jeremy Mayfield back in a national stage in the SRX series? not out of the realm of possibility, but I thought just the SRX series and um, all them, you know, in the Mayfields, just kind of doing that, it, it, it put another positive in the check, in the check mark box of um, the SRX series. I mean, I don't see Jeremy ever returning to NASCAR, but seeing him back on a national stage, if, you know, obviously, if all all bridges uh, are not blown to bits, hadn't been blown to bits years ago. 
Um, I think that this would be a really good call, as Jeremy was a very, very good racer and still continues to be to this day um, on the dirt tracks and all in North Carolina. Um, so, uh, enough tooting the horn of the SRX series. Now we got to get down to some news. Um, so the the biggest failed secret in the garage is out. Um, obviously, before we talked about Trackhouse, um, actually I don't remember if we did touch on that, but Trackhouse had ended up buying uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, and um, you know. Kurt Busch goes out at Atlanta and at least will give Chip Ganassi one win in their final Cup Series season. Um, hopefully more, because Kurt's still able to do all that. I don't see Ross Chastain doing that, but... Um, so, Trackhouse buys Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, this way it locks themselves uh, in with charters. And uh, there's still news on who's going to be the second car for Trackhouse. I know they did want to expand. Um, but the other biggest news, which really isn't that surprising one bit, is the fact that um, we all know that Brad Keselowski was leaving um, Penske Racing and... Um, the number two Ford Mustang, where he had been in that ride since 2011, 2010, uh, 2011, I take that back, um, he, he will be leaving that ride and moving to, um, Roush Fenway Racing, in a driver and partial ownership role. Um, the announcement was made last week that he will not be returning, um, both in an Instagram post uh, and in a uh, announcement by uh, Team Penske. Now, everybody, you know, all the all the uh, all the pieces would fall once this would happen. As it was no shock to anyone that Austin Sindrick, who was originally scheduled at the beginning of the season, who was moving to the 21 car for the Wood Brothers, would be um, heading to the two car with Keselowski's departure. You know, he would move from the B team right up to the starting lineup and get pretty much the captain's seat there at the table. Um, but what was not figured in all this was Harrison Burton, who is a developmental driver for Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing, along with the son of NASCAR and NBC analyst and former Cup Series winner uh, Jeff Burton uh, would be moving to the 21 car, replacing Matt DiBenedetto. Um, Matty D, who last year gave the, the Wood Brothers their second 
ever playoff appearance and at so many points was looking towards his first win of the season. Um, now finds himself once again out of a ride at the end of the season. This is about the fourth or fifth time that this has happened. Um, you know, the first with um, BK Racing and then leaving to go to um, the 32 car of the old um, Go Fast Racing team. And then on to, you know, betting on himself and going to um, Levine Family Racing. Both of those teams are no longer um, leaving there. And somehow, after being bumped out of that ride for uh, Christopher Bell, you know, he was able to almost win at Bristol. Um, coming so close and losing out to Denny Hamlin, you know which was a heartbreaker as he was auditioning for a ride and would end up getting the Wood Brothers ride um, due to a recommendation by Paul Menard. Uh, where he was on a one-year deal, then was signed to a, to a contract with multiple options. Anyway, um, this deal came out of the blue. Matty D made a, a uh, nine-minute-long statement. Um, on social media about his disappointment, his anger, well, not his anger, his frustration, and um, his upset. You know, here he is. He thought he was going to have a ride for next year, once again, in the 21 car. Uh, he did not. He was kind of blindsided by it. Um, but he noted not to blame the Wood Brothers. And there were other working pieces in this um, Apparently, Penske pretty much does everything for the Wood Brothers right now. Um, they're just the ownership of the team. And, uh, you know, he didn't want the team getting any heat. And, you know, obviously, if they have no control over driver contracts, uh, which one shows that the Wood Brothers are, team is essentially a satellite team and you can kind of say a fourth Penske Motorsports operation, just under a different ownership, um, to kind of subvert the rules of only, you know, three car, oh, the four car limit. Um, but there also was the fact that, you know, a lot of people were like, well, he knew about this since last season, since they announced Austin Sindrick. Um, you know, it's all wishful thinking by Madness fans and this and that, blah, blah, blah. The interesting part is the team has options on that until 2022. Until the end of the 2022 season. Uh, which means, Matt, even if Brad Keselowski was leaving the team and Austin Sindrick was going there, the team would have the option to put to to hold his contract for another year if they decide to, much like any sport. You know, um, if you if you know your team has an option in baseball, team has an option on your contract. You can't your agent can't go negotiating a contract with another team while there's still an option. You know, you would have to be a free agent. Um, this. From what my understanding of the contract is, that is the same with this. And in 
Matt's contract is not with the Wood Brothers. It is with Penske Racing, which I find very interesting, you know, and very much leads to the point that uh, the Wood Brothers are essentially a fourth Penske car. Not only are they built in the shop, but they also deal with contracts for the driver. Now, the, where does this leave Matt DiBenedetto? Um, where, unless Penske decides to drop the, um, the option, um, he would be a free agent to go anywhere. He can go... Um, uh, rumored teams are he could go to the second track house team. Um, that is barring if Kurt Busch were to go to a second and long rumored, um, Michael Jordan team, uh, which, which is possible, which is possible. I know that's all debating on a charter. Uh, if you notice charters are the one thing that really screws up all this. It's why, uh, Dale Jr. is not looking at coming into the Cup Series this year was because of the cost of charters and all. Um, secondly, you know, if Kurt goes, will they keep Ross Chastain? Um, the other car at Chip Ganassi Racing, will Trackhouse decide to keep that? And I know Justin is very loyal to Chip and... Um, you know, he will take Chip's advice on that, and, you know, because they have, um, they have a very good working relationship, um, Justin, as a former driver of Ganassi's, um, you know, will they keep Ross Chastain, um, who's driving the 42 this year, uh, or will Matt go to, you know, you know, even though he said in his statement he would not go down to the Xfinity or the Truck Series like John Hunter Nemechek did after being in the Cup because he has established himself. He's established himself as a Cup driver who can win races when given the right equipment. Okay, I'm going to tackle all those. Because there, there's another option that's out there. Um... And I'll get to that option in a second. Um, would Matt be a good fit for a second track house car? Obviously, yes. Um, I, Matt's stats are on par with um, Ross Chastain's. But Matt has also shown that he is a lot stronger at many of the tracks than... <coughs> Than Chastain. Granted, you know, a lot of that's also due to experience. Um, Chastain could go anywhere. Um, he's got sponsorship by the Florida Watermelon Growers Association. Um, and I think that this would be pretty big. You know, he can he could fit in anywhere. Um, another opening is the 38 car. Uh, which is currently held by Anthony Alfredo, which that team has taken a major step back with Alfredo wrecking just about every week. Uh, this is his first full season in any of the top NASCAR series as he's run partial seasons uh, for trucks and whatnot. Um, and the Xfinity last year in the past with um, Richard Childress Racing. Uh, Alfredo... I'll be honest with you, Fast Pasta is not cut out for the Cup Series. Uh, this is a team that John Hunter Nemechek ran last year. 
um, had some top fives and top tens and and actually had a, a, a respectable season um, but decided you know with the birth of his new son his new child um, you know and being a young father and a young husband you know the truck schedule was more apt for him and he wanted to prove himself as a winner uh, so you have all that. Um, the 38 car, I think, would be a better fit for Ross Chastain. Um, he he can finish races. He can um, run well, and I think he would be a great, you know, a great piece to put with uh, Michael McDowell, this year's Daytona 500 winner. I think that they can elevate front row racing even more um not saying matt can't but i think with matt's career that would be taking a step back um to running with the wood brothers uh the other possibility was if track house keeps kurt bush and they do another 23 11 team Matt DiBenedetto would be a perfect fit for that second car. Um, he is familiar with Toyota. He, he was a developmental driver way back in the day for Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota. Um, who could forget his spirited battle at Bristol um, a few years back in the 95 car where he was auditioning for another job and finished runner-up. To Denny Hamlin. So Denny obviously has an eye for has a has not only a driver's perspective but an owner's perspective. And it would be remiss if they did not look at um, Matty D for that ride. Um, two other rides that are open um, next season, pretty much, is the 22 team of Penske Racing. Remember, Penske still has that option on Matt's contract. If they don't want to let him go, they can move him to that Xfinity ride. Whether Matt takes it or not is a whole other option. Now, this is a ride that Austin Sindrick won the 2020 championship in, and he's shaping up for another championship this year. Um, I, I do believe he is the odds-on favorite for this title. Although the colleague Chevrolets have been pretty strong, I do think Austin Sindrick is the favorite to go back-to-back. -back. Um, if I'm Matty D and I want to make myself uh, an even hotter property, you take that one-year option in the Xfinity Series. You go there. You win as many races as you can. Because remember, this is a, this is a, a driver who has zero wins in the top three series. Uh, much like Daniel Hemrick, he is an unbelievable talent. Should have about a half a dozen to a dozen wins in all the series, but just hasn't. Um, so I think that this would be huge if he were to pick up a win here um, by going to that. And another ride Something that hasn't been talked about is the 98 ride in the Xfinity Series. Um, it's a Ford, and it's run by Riley Herbst um, for Stuart Haas Racing. Now, Herbst came 
got this ride basically because he has sponsorship from his family's um, gas station and casino chain, Terrible Herbst. Um, and Riley has certainly lived up to the Terrible Herbst name as he has taken a car which has been so dominant the last two years and been the only team to be on par with uh, Chase Briscoe, uh, not Chase Briscoe, with Austin Sindrick, uh, with Chase Briscoe driving. They've been the only team to really compete against that. Then Herps comes into this ride, and he is just a dumpster fire. Um, and I believe that's why JGR... Uh, dumped him, but he's had the money to find himself another top-tier ride. And I think that if Stuart Haas wants to continue this program and you want to bring it back to the front, Matty D would be the guy to do it. Now, what's not said about the whole Harrison Burton side of this deal is um, Harrison Burton, the agency... The, the marketing and um, agency behind him is KHI, Kevin Harvick Incorporated. Um, they are the agents behind Jeff and Harrison Burton. So, and, and obviously, Kevin's got a little bit of pull with, um, with SHR and Ford. Uh, so, I mean, this very well could have been a thing where he said to Ford, let's get Harrison into this camp. Let's take him away from Ford. He's pretty much going to flounder there until they decide to release one of their drivers and bring him in. Uh, we've seen it with Eric Jones uh, getting the boot years ago. Joey Logano. Um, you count Matt Kenseth and Carl Edwards in there. Drivers who could still win races, but they all of a sudden got moved for younger drivers. Um, much like a football team. You would still see guys perform and then get moved on. Hey, look at Tom Brady. Tom bleeping Brady. Uh, hey, I can't complain. He won a Super Bowl with my team, so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, but the, the point is, you know, you never know where these pieces are going to land And sometimes it's, it's who, you know, it's not, not just who you're related to, uh, but we're going to have an announcement as today is Tuesday. We're going to have an announcement on, um, the future of Roush Fenway racing, um, in what is believed to be the announcement of Keselowski signing. And the new ownership role he will have with the team, and the the fame and the renaming of the team with uh, Roush Fenway Keslowski Racing, uh, RFK Racing, basically. Uh, which, hey, whatever. Uh, but where does that leave people like Ryan Newman? Um, We'll, we'll talk more about that next week because we got a couple of weeks off to really talk on this silly season before we get back to the track at Watkins Glen. So uh, we'll address that later on. Um, until then, I just wanted to make up for this. Uh, I hope you all checked out, you patrons checked out my AMA uh, on Patreon where I answer questions that not necessarily have to do with racing. 
Um, but I will be doing a second one later on this week because I had some questions that were missed. Um, these were quick hit ones. Uh, so I'll talk about that, but if you're not a patron, check it out. Club Kayfabe Creative Community on Patreon. You can sign up and you can find a lot more uh, patron shows if you're into wrestling. There is Classic Wrestling Talk with Chris and Dan. Um, and they do music videos at the end. It, it is entertaining as hell. Um, there is Ranking Tracks with Jeff Trelowitz. There is this show. Um, a couple of special Patreon episodes. Uh, so there's plenty more, and I will be doing that later on this week now as my schedule is a lot better involving work and life. Um, so once again, I apologize for being, you know, on the side of a milk cart in the past couple of weeks. I just have not had time to really do a whole lot. And, and we'll talk more about um, how the season's progressed next week and more on the silly season. And who I think the biggest winners and losers have been this year. So until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track.